Thriving in divorce and beyond means not having to worry about the safety of your children when it comes to co-parenting. With alcohol abuse on the rise, many co-parents are turning to the system committed to providing proof, protection, and peace of mind. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. Soberlink's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Pull back the curtain on the mysteries of parenting time and trust the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology to keep you informed and your kids safe and secure. To download the resource I created with Soberlink, Divorce and Addiction, A Guide to Move Forward, visit www.soberlink.com backslash Susan. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm not going to be able to be the mom that I want to be. I'm missing out on so much of her life, which is all the things I struggled with when it was 50. But when it went down to 20, I really had to get real with that and what I was making it mean. I had two choices. I could stay stuck in my misery and stuck thinking that I was less than, or I could choose to use the 20% that I did have, make it quality use that time also to heal myself and get myself on a better track and maximize everything. And that has been the biggest game changer for me. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today Lisa McGregor is back from the Unplanned Chapter. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So glad to be back again. It's so nice to have you back. And we told everyone, so Lisa was with me back just before the holidays. You remember the episode, everyone, because it was the one that told you you had to do something you didn't want to do. It was called Getting the Gift, and it was all about why you need to get the gift for your co-parent. Um, and it's a great episode. And it was one that I thought was really important, a message to really be putting out there because it goes to that um, element of you've got to love your kids more than you perhaps dislike your ex. Um, your kids come first when you're buying that gift for your ex you're really buying it for your kids. So we got a great response to that. And I told everyone you had pitched me another topic for the podcast. And this is one that I just, through my many years of practice, and then just as someone who speaks to people in the divorce space every day of my life, this is such a conundrum for parents. This is so difficult to deal with, this particular issue we're talking about today. So when you wanted to talk about this sort of juxtaposition between actual parenting time and 
your value as a parent and how you internalize, but also externalize that value. I think it is such an important conversation for parents to hear. And in fact, you came by your insights into this, the good old fashioned way you have lived the experience, you have lived this story. So if I can, can you share, you know, your experience? Cause I think that's really going to connect with my listeners. I think that that's one of the the best things that I love about what I do is that, of course, I have the certifications and those are all great, but I have the best certification that I have is from the School of Hard Knocks, which is going through it yourself. (laughs) And so I know what it's like. And um, so I went through my divorce in 2017. We have one daughter and she was eight years old at the time. And we did the 50-50 thing. And that was a hard adjustment for me initially to break away from not being the quote unquote full-time mom. And I really struggled with that in the beginning of really trying to cling to that control of saying that I need to be there 100% of the time and really was struggling with not having her the other 50% that it was affecting the time that I did have her because the time I didn't have her, I was focusing on the time I was missing out on and and really dwelling in that. And then the time I did have her, I was thinking, oh no, I only have a couple more hours left until you go back to your dad's house. And the quality was absolutely ruined for that. And I stayed in that looping cycle for a long time. Finally kind of came to a normalization of it and then COVID hit and it rocked a lot of us in a lot of different ways. But for me, that meant having to move back down with my family due to my job circumstances and the way that life panned out. And um, we initially talked about continuing to keep it 50-50 because, as you all know, that kids were homeschooling during that time. And so it seemed to work well with week on, week off, even though I was two hours away. And then out of the blue, my ex did serve me papers saying that he wanted her back up in the school district and... It ended up going to be where I actually only have her every other weekend. And it's been that way for about a year and a half. That was a complete gut punch to me. And it was something that completely rocked my world and really got me to get real with what I was making that time with her mean. I struggled with it so much because I was really focusing on that percentage of time. 20% is all that I get. I'm not going to be able to be the mom that I want to be. I'm missing out on so much of her life, which is all the things I struggled with when it was 50. But when it went down to 20, I really had to get real with that and what I was making it mean because I was, I had two choices. I could stay stuck in my misery and stuck thinking that I was less than, or I could choose to use the 20% that I did have, make it quality and use that time also to heal myself and get myself on a better track and maximize everything. And that has been the biggest game changer for me. Well, first, thank you for sharing that because I know it's even hard to talk about, you know, the fact that, and especially I'm just, I'll I'll go out there. We have another episode with Susan Eckstein, who is a non-custodial mom. She's a mom who um, has parenting time, but her husband, ex-husband has full uh, custody uh, for decision-making and is similar to the, the parenting plan. And she talked in that particular episode about, you know, society's perceptions of a mom who has a lesser percentage of parenting time and, you know, how, what a struggle that was because she felt shamed and she felt um, that society was not supportive of a, of a mother who did not have 
uh, at least 50%. And I, I'm a person who does not love using percentages when it comes to our children. It makes them sound like timeshares, uh, which I don't think they are. But so I know that's very hard even to talk about. And I applaud you and thank you for sharing that. And, you know, everything that you just said there about one that, you know, your own internal perception of your percentage of time equated to basically your value, it sounds like, as a parent. And that was, you called it a loop. I think that's that's a really descriptive way to put it because you get into a very negative loop where when you're not with her, you're you're upset about the time, the fact that you're not with her. And when you're with her, you're upset about the fact that soon you're not going to be with her. Mm-hmm. So how did you, because eventually you did get out of the loop and you talked, you said you did, but but how? Really becoming aware of my thoughts and realizing like how they really do reflect your actions and then your outcomes in life. And so once I began working with a coach and really started to break down what I was making everything mean, and I was really taking a look at my thoughts, I was realizing that when I'm thinking that I am not worthy because I only have 20% or actually let's just focus on like the circumstance, which is 20%. My thoughts there are that I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. It's not supposed to be this way, which then my feelings, it turns into shame. It turned into frustration, anger, um, unworthiness. And then it was making me show up that way. So when I had her, I was in a needy energy. I was in this like sad, like I need to prove myself as a mother energy, which then that was creating my results, which was me being miserable and staying in that looping cycle. So as hard as it is sometimes to change your thoughts, and it's not as simple as just changing your thoughts, by the way, if anybody's listening, it's not that simple. I get it. I totally get it. But it's trying on that new thought and saying, okay, well, what if I were to instead say that I'm going to focus on quality versus the quantity? I'm going to make the most of that time. And then I am worthy, regardless of the amount of time that I, I have her. Then that makes me show up more confident. It's like, no, actually, I'm going to look at this in a different way. I'm going to look at this that this is quality time. So then I show up that way, really making the most of my time, showing up more confident. And then when I drop her back off with her dad, I'm feeling really good because then I'm able to pour more time into myself. And I know that I show up as a better mom as a result of that. So I shifted from just looking at it from my awareness, which is where it started, And then I also began to shift it to looking at it, not as my time, but as her time. Because when I was focusing so much on that percentage of paper of time, it was like, this is my time and this is her dad's time, when really it's her time with each of us. And when I began to look at it through that lens also, that's when really things began to change for me also and trying on those new thoughts, which then created those new emotions in my body, which then changed my actions and my results. It's like dominoes, right? One thought changing changes all the others. And, you know, not your time, her time. That goes to, I I have another episode, but it's with Christina McGee and it's called Parenting Plans Aren't for Parents, right? Parenting plans are for kids. They are plans around your children's time. And so I think that that is, you know, something so important that you're saying there that just think of that simple shift of, it's my time versus it's my daughter's time. Um, and, you know, something that's come through that I wanted to ask you your thoughts on, 
you know, we, we've both said shared parenting, um, 50, 50, you know, I've only got 20%. We, I, I swear, uh, one of my colleagues once said to me, well, parenting time is just a math problem, right? It's just a process of sitting down and figuring out what percentage of a time a kid's here and a kid's there. And I actually, you know, makes me put shivers down my spine. You were talking about your own internalization of what 20% or 50% or a fraction of your daughter's time meant to you. But how much, you know, do you think this is a societal thing as well, like we were talking about earlier? How much of your internalized thinking about your being minimized as a parent came from internal? And how much do you think you were influenced by external forces? Oh, a large percentage of external forces. And that really comes down to like our subconscious beliefs and our subconscious thoughts. Most of the time too, how we grew up also plays a huge role. My mom was a, was a stay at home mom. So I think in my mind, I was equating my, my parenting to hers. Oh, well, if I can't be a stay at home mom, and if I can't be there with her underneath my roof every single night, it somehow means something. It means that I failed or it means that I can't do it the same that my mom did, which means that somehow something's gone wrong. And getting to the bottom of those stories also and realizing, no, it just looks different. Different doesn't have to mean anything bad. It just means that things are different. And I actually get to experience things in a different way. And we were talking before the episode got started that I have been seeing some and reaping some of those rewards of learning to just step off the pedal a little bit, release the control and just let things happen naturally the way that they, they're, they're supposed to. And, and that's, you, you say it in a way that makes it sound easy to do. But for those of us out there who have maybe a little teeny bit of control freak in us, you know, taking your foot off the gas uh, and, and just coasting for a bit, letting things happen is incredibly hard, especially when you get caught up in that negative loop, right? When you, it's almost a self-perpetuating cycle and can be very hard to break out of. You know, this is another thing we just spoke about before the episode. When we get into that negative loop, that negative thinking in our mind, it's kind of like what Buddha says, we create our own misery. Your daughter's experience of her parenting time, she might have been absolutely delighted that she got to come and see you for that visit. But as you're in that space of this is not how it's supposed to be, this is wrong, this is making me less than, your experience of it is negative and that has to rub off on her, no? Oh, absolutely. So when things happened back in 2021, where I explained that my ex did serve me papers and we ended up going back to court, my initial thought was, oh, heck no, I'm going to fight that. I'm going to get the best attorney. I'm going to go after that. that is not happening. And then I I am a, a woman of faith. And I, I, for me, I gave it to God and I was like, okay, God, I don't know what's going on here, but like, help me through this. And one day I woke up and I just felt this like peace wash over me of back off and let it happen and just trust. And it was like one of those weird things where like, wait, what? No, no. And then the thought got planted. What if this did happen? And I played that little game and tried on that thought. What are the positives if, if this were to happen, not just from me, but for her, how would this actually benefit both of us? 
And so I did start with me and I was like, okay, well, we could actually really focus on the quality versus the quantity. We actually could have a a stronger relationship as a result of this, especially as she goes into her teenage years. I had been the one primarily doing all the homework and all of those things for all those years. What if I got to kind of back off from that a little bit and didn't have to do the Monday through Friday schoolwork and all of that? What am I making that mean about myself? I'm not any less worthy because I'm not doing that. And, you know, her dad is actually really good at math and those kinds of things. So maybe as she's getting into junior high math, that might actually be a benefit. But more than that, when I'm looking at it from her perspective also, her dad had just gotten remarried in 2021 and blended families. And he had a new wife and she had two children. And so she had to also find her place in that family find her voice. She had been an only child with just her dad to herself for at that point, 11 years. Yeah. And now blending families, she had to find her voice in that and her being there with him more allowed for that to happen. And so when it, when it really became where you take a step back and you're like, wait a minute, it's not all about me. It's not about all these stories I'm telling myself. How could this actually benefit all of us? And now I see it from that perspective. And I see that that time needed to happen because she needed that for her. And I needed it for me. This time has also been so impactful for me of really getting to the root of these stories that I've been telling myself and really deep diving into healing. I thought I had gotten through some of that, but this last year and a half has been like a roller coaster ride. I did not even realize I have dug so much deeper. And so my firm belief is God, universe, whatever you believe, if you believe in a higher power, believe that you're always being guided. You're, there, It's always, it's never leading you to worse. It's always just not right now, or I have something better. And that's what I like to look at when I look and project out, not only for my own future, but when I'm working with people one-on-one, how could this actually be a benefit in the future? We may not be able to see it, the bigger picture, but let's look back and see if other circumstances in your life of ways that have always worked out for you. In the in the moment, maybe it was really hard, but like, how did you actually end up seeing later on that it was for your benefit? Hey listeners, I want to take a minute to share some exciting news with you. You all know my wonderful friend, Bella Gandhi, America's and Divorce and Beyond's favorite dating expert. You've seen her all the time on Good Morning America, Today Show, and all the morning talk shows. Well, two things I want to make sure that you know about. One, go check out her website, the Smart Dating Academy website. She has tons of resources, programs, and coaching all there to help you find, as Bella says, the lid to your pot. And you may not know it, but she has her own fabulous podcast with great guests and lots of wonderful insights and tips from Bella herself. So go to smartdatingacademy.com to find both all of those resources and the podcast, or you can find the Smart Dating Academy podcast on all major podcast outlets. Stay tuned for more from Lisa McGregor as she shares lessons from her own personal journey to becoming the best parent that she can be and why she says it has nothing to do with how much or how little time she has with her child. There is so much that we can all learn from this episode. 
So how are we going to choose to do this? Are you going to choose to see this a blessing or are you going to continue to sit in your misery and see this as a curse? It could go both ways. For me, I beg to even offer that I'm a better mom because of divorce. Having this time away, I'm a better mom. And some, you know, may argue with me on that, but that's my, my truth and my belief. And so you get to choose what you make that mean. The, fit, the time that you have with them, making it quality. The time that you don't have with them, what are you doing for yourself to fill your own cup? If you are finding this episode helpful, be sure to check out all of the other many parenting episodes that we have on the Divorce and Beyond podcast with experts like Christina McGee, the author of Parenting Apart, How Separated and Divorced Parents Can Raise Happy and Secure Kids. We've made it easy to find her episodes. You can just go to the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com and click on the menu item for Divorce Topics and then Divorce and Children. And now we return to today's show. And that's such a powerful exercise that you just described that you went through. And I want to really, you know, hone on that for the listeners, because I think there's such value. People um, will have heard you just, you know, recite it here. But think about sitting down. And I always say when you're going to do these exercises, I'm a big fan of pen and paper or, or putting your fingers actually on a keyboard so that you're, you're not just thinking these thoughts. People will tell me to do an exercise all the time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it in here. (laughs) Much more powerful if you actually write it down or type it out. But you looked at, you know, so as much as I'm resisting this happening, what if it does, Mm -hmm. what could the possible benefits be for me and for my daughter? And by the way, I am blown away by the benefit that you found in her being able to have more time to acclimate to being a part of a blended family. That is so powerful, so um, insightful on your part to have seen that. Um, You know, I've seen so many children struggle when they become a part of a blended family where the children of a new spouse are there all the time, yet they are going back and forth. So they feel almost like an interloper as they come in. So, you know, but the the exercise that you did underneath that, I think anyone out there who's listening can really benefit from that. And the other thing that you said that maybe we can we can build on, because you said you had done the work before, but the last year and a half has really been quite a ride. People think as they go through their divorce or separation that they're doing work and that by once they're in the after, the beyond, everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Every, yeah. It's going to be over. Co-parenting and your journey is never done. Your growth is never done. It's always going to be this, this constant you know, learning experience. And, you know, it's going to take you sometimes where you got to throw it up to either let, let go, let God, let the universe, let your higher power. Yes, absolutely. And that was the biggest lesson for me is, is getting to that point. And it's not easy. Like, and this isn't a matter of just trying on a new thought, like we've talked about, it goes way deeper than that. But that's what, if you're willing to dig, I always say, grab the shovel, let's dig. Let's go a little bit further. What are the the feelings and the emotions underneath there? Why am I resisting this so hard? A lot of times when, when women are going, or even men are going through a divorce and there is maybe a new significant other in the picture, or there's the shared parenting time, 
we feel like our identities are being threatened. So like your identity of what you're making mom mean or what you're making dad mean or whatever you're making that mean, you feel threatened. So we act out of of that. And we don't even realize that maybe we're acting from that, but our emotions underneath there are our abandonment, fear, um, rejection. And when we start digging too, usually a lot of this goes back to childhood. So like maybe the model that we saw, again, maybe if you had a mom that stayed home, you think that that's the way that it should be. So you think something's gone wrong because that's not what you're experiencing. Or maybe you feel you experience feelings of abandonment back when you were a child. And these are actually starting to pop up now because you're feeling abandoned in this kind of situation when you can really start to get real with some of those stories and heal some of those emotions and allowing yourself to feel like when those things come up, it's not sweeping them under the rug and pretending they don't matter. It's giving yourself permission to say, I feel this way. I'm feeling threatened. I'm feeling fear and allowing yourself to feel it. And it's icky. It's not fun. But the more that you can allow yourself to do that, you can move through it quicker because then you've you've dissolved the emotional charge that comes along with it. And then you can move forward and you can continue living your life. I've seen this a lot, this emotional state, all these emotions you're bringing up, fear and, and you know, the concern of being marginalized. I hear that so often as we are working on parenting plans. And although the focus may be on time, the undercurrent for a parent, whether it's mom or dad, is being eliminated from their children's lives. But what I have seen is as much as that's a fear of theirs, when they feel that their parenting time has been reduced to a point where they're, they are marginalized, I have seen parents actually somewhat step away from parenting time, kind of from a perspective of, well, I don't have enough time to make a difference. I'm not important. I've been, I've been marginalized. So I'm just going to step away. And what you're talking about to me, tell me if I'm correct, is you embraced your parenting time as your time with your daughter to be celebrated, to be enjoyed, to be experienced perhaps in a different way than when you were the full-time parent. Exactly, exactly. And you get to choose like what that means. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And like you're talking about maybe some people feeling like, well, if it can't be 100%, then I'm just out. You know, these are tough, tough emotions. So I want to just say that if that's you and you're feeling that way, like it's okay. Like don't shame yourself for that. This is really, really tough territory. But just know that even if you've maybe experienced that in the past, it's never too late to come back and be like, you know, it's okay. I can I can part with 50%. I can part with Whatever percentage it is, again, we're going back to like the percentage of time on paper doesn't really mean anything, but just knowing that you can make the most out of any time that you do have. And I've seen the fruits of that from my daughter. Um, I was telling you before we started that I checked her TikTok the other day. I periodically do because she's a 14-year-old daughter and I check up on it just make sure it's still private, you know? Yeah. And I came across the TikTok that she had made for me and it was for me. And it was saying that she's so grateful for me being her mom and that she looks up to me and I'm the person I that she wants to be when she gets older. And it was like, it took my breath away and I probably cried for hours after that. But for me, it was a full circle moment of it doesn't have to be one way in order to be impactful. Like, look at how we've made the most of this like 
on paper, small time that we do have, our relationship has grown stronger as a result. And that was like the best gift, not only from her, but I felt like from God showing me, see, when you let go and you just trust me and know that it doesn't have to be just one way, that things can be beautiful. It doesn't have to just be that one way. And so if you're facing that right now, just know that like you, you will never be replaced as a parent, by the way. There's no you always will be their mother, be their father. You will always be that. There may be other significant others that come into their life. That's a bonus. And they get to love on your child also. A lot of people compare it to like having multiple children. Now I only have one, so I can't say that I know what that's like, but I know from a hearing from other women, they say they don't know how on earth that they could love another child, like as much as they love their one. But when that other one comes along or multiple, their heart just expands and they love multiple children. Your child is capable of the exact same thing. So if there's another significant other that comes into the picture, don't see that as a threat. See that, that your child has the capacity to love multiple and that you're always going to be the most significant. No one's ever going to take your place. It's just more people to love. Love's not a zero sum game, right? Yeah. You know, there's not just a limited fraction to go around. First, that TikTok gift from your daughter. I think it's, you know, just to date myself, like we used to get the make my our parents the handmade like, you know, yeah. cards or something <laughs> like that. We the world has changed and we now get TikTok videos, but what a gift from her. And what a an outward um validation of the fact that your parenting time, whatever we're going to call it, your time with her is of significant value to her. It is nothing to do with the amount of time. It is who you are when you're with her and who you are to her. And I wonder as we as we're, you know, closing up the episode, I just wonder, you know, you've talked about that shift in your mindset, in your shift in your perspective of going into your time with her. But do you have any tips about what you actually do in your time with her or don't do in your time with her that are impactful? So because I do see her every other weekend, of course, there isn't going to be as much of the chores that I typically do during the week. Now, that's not to say she doesn't see it or that she's spoiled or that I'm a Disneyland mom and that, you know, she doesn't have any structure. She's still going to see some of that. But because the time I see it as precious, I try my best to make that the most of the time that I do have her. But yeah, there still is. She still has to make her bed when she's at my house. She's still going to have to clean her bathroom. I mean, there's certain things that like, I'm not going to let slide, but I do try to make the most of this quality time. And then with the time that I don't have her, that's also really huge too. And I know that's something a lot of women or men do struggle with. When I don't have my children, who am I? Like, what do I do? And I think that time away is equally as important as the time that you do have them. It's that time that you get to rediscover who you are. Chances are, once you had children, that identity of mother kind of ruled the picture or father ruled the picture. But with you, aside from being a spouse and a parent, who are you? This is your time to rediscover yourself. And when you fill your own cup and you maybe get back into that hobby that used to light you up or you know, being able to pour into self-care and do some of the work that we're talking about. How does that make you feel? Maybe you can finally go out and do that exercise class that you want to do or hike 
or do things that really bring you a lot of joy. When your cup is filled, then when the children come to be with you, you are that much more of a present parent. And I know that the the kickback here is always, well, I just want my kids full time. I don't want to think about that. Well, it's not that way. So how are we going to choose to do this? Are you going to choose to see this a blessing or are you going to continue to sit in your misery and see this as a curse? It could go both ways. For me, I beg to even offer that I'm a better mom because of divorce. Having this time away, I'm a better mom. And some, you know, may argue with me on that, but that's my my truth and my belief. And so you get to choose what you make that mean. The fit, the time that you have with them, making it quality. The time that you don't have with them, what are you doing for yourself to fill your own cup? And and that really, I think there, by the way, there will be people who disagree with you. There's always the yeah, buts. We talked about those last time we met. You know, there's always gonna be say, yeah, but you know, I'm the better parent or I'm the this or I'm the that. I mean, the reality, at least in your circumstance, and I know in other circumstances, my own family in, included, you know, your daughter, it sounds like she's thriving. Yes. I mean, she's she's got two parents and a bonus parent and a bonus family, all that love her a yes. great deal. And she, at 14 years of age, has the presence of mind to create that TikTok for you, telling her you, you, you are who she wants to be. I mean, I think that that kind of sums it up and gives everyone something to aspire to. And bottom line, it all comes from within. We're talking about letting go and, and giving it to the higher power, but there's also the awareness, the shift in the work that you do yourself. And I know you do a lot of this work with individuals directly in your coaching program. Tell us a little, your coaching, your one-on-one coaching. Tell us a little bit about that. When I'm working with people one-on-one, we go through those thoughts. And so if they're stuck in a looping cycle, for instance, of really being upset that they, let's say their their main thought is, I'm missing out on 50% of my children's life. So then I take them through, okay, well, how does that make you feel, especially in your body? Like, how does that make you feel? Do you feel like tense and upset? and discouraged and uh, those kinds of feelings. Okay. How is that creating like your results in life? Are you, you're, you're here right now and you're talking about how miserable you, you are, and you feel like you're in this lack mindset. Let's try on a different thought. Initially, that new thought's going to feel uncomfortable because in our brain, our brain will light up more from the actual, from the negative thought, because it creates more of an emotional charge. Trying on that new thought and the exciting thought, sometimes it's hard to make room for that. But the more that we can practice those new thoughts, that's when they begin to cement in. So bridging that gap and helping them like get to that new mindset. So instead of I'm missing out on 50% of my children's lives, how about my children actually get quality time with mom and dad? Because we've had time to recharge our batteries during the time that they're away and then we also get to get quality time. Now, of course, the yeah buts are going to come up. I hear this a lot. Yeah, but I'm having to work and I have no time for myself. That, that's true. I found myself in the exact same position. But you always, there are still time that you can make for yourself, even if it's just journaling for five minutes or it doesn't have to be this long drawn out process, but just, or even like starting with like a new thought, meditate on it throughout the day. I'm an amazing mom. I'm an amazing mom. Give reasons why, because I get to have quality time with my children. I show up for them in the best way that I can when they are with me. And just trying on some of those new thoughts, it doesn't have to be this big process. But if the way that you show up based off of those beliefs, so if your core belief was, 
that 50% time away makes me a better mom, how would you show up in your life? Would you show up more confident? Would you show up feeling really good when you're with your children? Yeah, you probably will. And so it's just shifting over to those new thoughts and, and creating and bridging that gap. And that takes some time. And that's where I come in. I help to hold you accountable. The same way that you would... Um, hire a personal trainer. Why would you hire a personal trainer to help keep you accountable, to help you continue to work on yourself? That's why you would hire a divorce coach for the same reason to help keep you accountable and keep you moving forward. Well, and think about it. You know, I've, I work with coaches at, for all different kinds of things in my life. And, you know, think about everyone, what you have just learned in this short 30 minutes or so hearing Lisa share her experience and her wisdom with you on this particular topic. So imagine if you were able to, you know, have time with someone helping you walk through these issues um, on an ongoing basis, the awareness, the exercises, the subtle shifts in thinking, the practice, um, the accountability. That's why you get a coach. People ask me all the time, you know, well, I, I, you know, why do I need a coach? I know, I, I know how to live. I don't need a, <laughs> and I'm like, you're, you're totally missing the point. And, and I think it's a really important thing for people to realize we were talking about that showing up as a better parent because of what you do in your off time or the time you're not with your children. One of the things you might be doing as self-care might be that hour, 45 minutes once a week with a coach, because I promise you it will make a difference. Uh, so people can reach out to you and work with you directly, but you also have a free Facebook group. I want to let people know about your group as well. Yes. So I do have a Facebook group. It's called Divorce the Unplanned Chapter, which is yes. that's what my handles are on everything also, um, the Unplanned Chapter. But in my group, what makes it different from some of the other divorce support groups is that in my group, we focus on moving forward. And so one of the first questions or things that you have to agree on uh, upon coming into the group is no ex-bashing. We're not going to continue to live in the past. Of course, we're going to have emotions that come up. We're not dismissing them. We're saying, yes, we are feeling this way, but being open to saying, okay, but how can I move forward? And so that's the environment that I wanted to create because when I was going through it, there's a lot of groups that were out there and there's so much great support that I went feeling a little bit ickier because it was like I was swimming in a sea of negativity. And I'm like, gosh, I almost feel worse coming here than like, than the, when I came in. And so I wanted to create an environment when where people come, they feel better. They feel positive. They feel like, okay, there is hope for the future and I can make my way there and I can get out of this. And so that's the environment that I wanted to create. And then of course, working with me one-on-one, -on -one, we would work together to continue to bridge that gap and take it from just maybe saving a bunch of positive things on TikTok or on Instagram. I'm like the queen of it. Like my saved folder yeah. is huge. <laughs> I ha oh, having the intention and actually following through are two different things. And so with us working together, I help to bridge that gap and we make it through to the other side and I hold you accountable to be able to actually create some change. And so that's what I love, love to do. Well, I, and I know it lights you up and I always say, do what lights you up. And you're, you know, obviously are able to help so many people. Do they just reach out to you through the unplannedchapter.com uh, if they want to work with you for coaching? Yes, yes. They can DM me on Instagram at the unplanned chapter through my website, theunplannedchapter.com, or they can also find me through my Facebook group, Divorce the Unplanned Chapter, which is a private group. 
Well, Lisa, thank you so much. This, I'm, I'm so glad that we had this conversation. And I think, you know, we can't do it justice in, in a short episode. But I hope we're, we did what you talked about at the very top of the episode, raise some awareness around the stinking thinking that we have going on in our brains at times and what we, you know, what societal norms do to us. Because this particular area is a loaded landmine area for moms, for dads, for all parents. And, you know, you've really opened my eyes and I hope you've opened and, and helped some good golden nuggets for my listeners. So thank you so much. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.